bringing it the somewhat whimsical, certainly worrying, decidedly wonky, seldom weighty, as David will point out, endlessly well-intentioned and wildly witty show about music where one knows what's coming and the other doesn't. I know David doesn't. This happens in between both proper to ensure you can spend anywhere from 15 to 180 minutes with us every week. So now the moment I've been waiting for and perhaps the moment you've been waiting for. I have been waiting for this moment ever since you uh, told me that we were going to be doing See, I thought you were just coming over for a visit tonight, and all oh, of a sudden shit. it's just like, we're doing shows. What the fuck are you talking about? Okay. Fuck? Okay, well, fortunately, they're not anything I have to prepare for. So, yeah. So, I've been waiting for, <laughs> oh, minutes now. Yes. I, I, just, th- thank heavens, because the, the anticipation would have overwhelmed me had it been a week. Well, of course. So, well, without without making you wait any longer, and I'm so sorry about springing the shows could've, on you and I mean, stuff. You could have just knocked me over with a feather. I, mean, I know. What a bitch. Yeah. Anyway. The topic for today is bands whose whole thing is hating each other. Sweet. Their whole thing. So what is it about being in a huge rock band that makes members hate each other? Maybe it's all the time trapped in a bus together, or maybe money really does change everyone. Whatever the case, some of the biggest bands and best bands in the rock world absolutely can't stand each other. And for many of them, this animosity fuels their music. So, can you guess any of the bands that we might be talking about Well, today? I know, and I should say, when I say sweet, I was joking. Actually, <laughs> this is the kind of thing I really hate hearing about, but there's no getting around it. No. I mean, you just know whether you want to hear this kind of crap or not. I don't read these tell-all biographies and blah, 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 but you can't avoid it. It's everywhere, knowing which bands hate each other. One of the ones I'm going to pick, I know that these guys were on Howard Stern once talking about, or a couple of them, because they don't ever appear together back in the day, they would get in a car and drive six hours to a gig and not say a single word because they oh. couldn't stand each other. Brutal. Funny because I'm wearing a t-shirt right <laughs> now, are. the Ramones, and uh, <laughs> that's the first one that comes to mind. Interesting. Very interesting. And you're right. The Ramones did. There's a lot of animosity in that band for sure. So let's see if they come up on the list. Not all of them are on the list. It's not exhaustive, but uh, there are quite a few. I'm just going to name a few that I think are interesting. And, you know, the reason I wanted to bring up bands that hate each other is because sometimes we can really harness those negative feelings or those bad feelings into some amazing, beautiful, incredible, timeless music. And I think that is true of these cases. So even though there was, you know, if you will, just, you know, some dissension in these bands, the music that came out of it and that we continue to enjoy is incredible and beautiful. So sometimes something beautiful comes from something ugly. And you can see that sometimes these bands, when they're making this music together, it is a bond that transcends that. And it for is. that brief time, they don't hate each other. But I'm sorry, you watch that Beatles rooftop concert, and nobody can convince me that these guys are not loving what they're doing right then at the moment, whether Lennon and McCartney got along or not, or you know, one would leave the band and come back or anything like that. I quit. No, you quit. No, you can't quit. I quit. <laughs> you know, uh, and okay, I'll come back. Fuck all of you. But you can tell that it kind of overrides that, and they're in the moment and they're remembering what it was to be, what brought them together in the first place i have another guess for groups that might be on there do it uh simon and garfunkel oh animosity definitely rules there (laughs) i don't know and i never understood because i don't look into i hate gossip yeah i never read up on that but i know they do they just don't like each other or one of them doesn't like the other or is it mutual i don't know paul doesn't really care for him you know i will say there's 
please, let's get back together. What's going on? Blah, blah. But I think there's a mutual disrespect. <laughs> I remember Paul Simon was on. Well, Paul Simon was on Saturday Night Live a bunch of times oh, back yeah. in the day. And there was once he was on, and Charles Grodin, what a really funny actor. I love Charles Grodin, is sitting next to him on a stool wearing this big fuzzy blonde wig. And they're doing <laughs> a song. And Paul stopped and said, I'm sorry. It's just a little disquieting to me to look in the corner of my eye and have this fuzzy blonde hair. You know? and, then, and I mean, Charles Grodin was doing the, you know, the staring off into space. Art Garfunkel vocal thing. It was Classic. really quite amusing. But I'm going to guess they're probably on there, too. Okay. These are some really great guesses. Well, let's see if you're right. And again, it's not exhaustive because I have to handpick some of these because we don't have just endless time to do these shows. I There's know definitely it feels like 15 it. shows couldn't fill up the bands that hate each other. You That's know, so, correct. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I handpicked some of them. And uh, you'd already revealed one. So the first band whose business it is to hate each other is the Beatles. While recording the album, the White Album, the group consistently exchanged nasty barbs. Stark quit the band for a short while after being teased by the other band members, and the introduction of Yoko Ono to the studio did not so well with anybody other than Lennon, of course. The band soldiered on, of course, as we know, and even booked a date at London's Roundhouse, where they were meant to play their first show since Candlestick Park in 1966. However... The band was in low spirits during the rehearsal period for what would become Let It Be and Abbey Road, with McCartney pushing the band to write as much as possible. Producer George Martin said Paul would be rather overly bossy, which the other boys would not like, but it was the only way of getting together. It was just a general disintegration. George Harrison quit the band for real during these sessions, telling the group, put an ad in the papers and get a few people in. He returned shortly afterwards, but the damage was done and the band unraveled completely before their final two albums were released. Yeah, I remember Ringo quit, George quit, everybody quit. Everybody quit. It was bad. Yeah. It was bad. And yet the rehearsals, I mean, the performances they did for like Let It Be and everything, I mean, you can tell there's tension. uh, Oh, yeah. I haven't seen the film in many years, but I remember them getting frustrated with Paul saying, no, 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 you got to play it like this, you got to play it like this. And everybody just pretty much didn't like Paul very much. And, you know, in the after work, people were working with John Lennon more. Yeah. I mean, the other members were working with John Lennon more than Paul McCartney. And uh, it's sad, but when they're performing, you can tell they're having a great time. They're looking at each other like, yeah, it just brought them back to the old days when they were kids. And as Ringo put it, you would kill for that blob of plastic. They just couldn't wait to play. They played the carrot every night, night after night after night. And it took them back to that, you can tell. And uh, I'm told, and I like to believe, that they made peace with each other before John Lennon's uh, terrible uh, death. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's good to know. They definitely did. But I think, again, you know... (sighs) There is certainly something to be said for the music that came out, even if the band disintegrated. You know, there was a lot of different musical ideas and musical directions that they were all going in. Mm -hmm. And I just think at some point, it's like sort of like friendships in that way where you might be best friends and you want to spend every moment together and then you just grow apart. You know, they had different ideals. They were not kids anymore. They're adults. They're coming into their own they're finding love, you know, so I think it just changes it and it changed the entire feel and it sounds a little bit like Paul may have become quite a bit overbearing. So anyway, unfortunately, they grew apart, but, you know, what we got from Lennon before he passed was amazing and obviously, you know, Paul McCartney is the gift that continues to give and we also had beautiful music from George Harrison and obviously also Ringo Starr. So, you know, while we didn't have the Beatles anymore, we had all of their 
beautiful, amazing, timeless solo work. And how many how many playlists must there be on Spotify of imaginary Beatles albums comprised of the various members' solo works? Because right. they could have been. There's a lot of the stuff there that could easily have found its way to the Beatles. Yes. And you could have, you know, I mean, people have put them together a number of times. Well, this one from Ringo and these couple from George and then this. Right. And I mean, McCartney honestly really does have uh, a wealth of Beatles-level, Beatles-quality sure. material. Lennon had some, but um, nothing he did after the Beatles ever compared, as far as I'm concerned. And, well, Harrison, he was great. Oh, you know? He was great. Yes. So, yeah, you could have had a hell of a Beatles album after that. But, I mean, you know, yeah, I figured they would be on there, too. And I could just as easily have worn that shirt, but I wore the Ramones. I have uh, <laughs> quite a few T-shirts of bands who hate each other, apparently. Bands yeah. that hate each other, yes. Now I'm going to be thinking about all of them and thinking, do they hate each other? Do they hate they each other? Each- I know, right? Yeah. You're going to look at every yeah. shirt you have. Mm-hmm. Well, the next band is Credence Clearwater Revival. Oh, yeah. The Fogarty Brothers, uh, yeah. Brothers seem to be a bad idea. You think of Oasis, you think of Kings of Leon, and obviously CCR, maybe not the best idea. You know, sibling rivalry uh, definitely finds its way into the band. Well, like a lot of bands whose whole deal is hating each other, CCR were done in by a leader. In this case, John Fogarty, who refused to give up even a little bit of creative control. So it sounds very much like the McCartney thing. By the early 70s, singer and songwriter John Fogarty had taken on full artistic responsibilities for the band, and that didn't sit well with the other three members. Well, how could it? It's again, it's that whole thing. We were doing this in concert, and now you are becoming, you know, the ringleader, the grand poobah, the... Became the special man. Yeah. We were Ziggy's band, you know? Exactly. However, it's a little different in this case because... John Fogarty was the songwriter, the singer, and the lead guitarist. So, you know, I mean, he kind of was a solo act, but he was, I mean, of course the band members contributed, but I don't think they but, uh, contributed to any writing. But So he kind of was the leader of the band. Anyway, it wasn't like a Beatles situation, really. Well, it says they favored a democratic process for songwriting, but Fogarty said that there was no way that kind of thing would work. Ooh. So everybody wanted to do the democratic process, Ooh. but he said no. After his brother quit the band, they attempted to soldier on as a trio, but that's when things got really messy. So even after the brother left, things continued to get messy. The band members blamed each other for their problems, and soon the band was done. Two decades later, John Fogarty described CCR as a time bomb, saying the rest of the band didn't understand his artistic vision, which also happened to be a vision that raked in cash. Yeah, and John Fogarty's had an amazing solo career. The rest of the band, or most some of it, as I understand, continued to use the name Creedence Clearwater Revisited, mm. and there's even a live album out there of them playing CCR hits, but of course... You're being duped. I mean, if you just look at the record quickly, it's like, oh, yeah, it's Creedence. No, it's Creedence Clearwater revisited without John Fogarty, who was the songwriter, singer, and lead guitarist. So you're really not getting much there. Well, unfortunately, John Fogarty should have stopped singing quite a few years ago because it is not working anymore. Oh, I haven't heard him in a while. Last I heard, he was great, though. I th- he was playing the White House some years back. Maybe Ooh. it was a long time ago. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's been pretty brutal for a while. But still, those are his songs, you know, and he was the, the mastermind behind them. And he was a hit-making machine and I understand that and so was McCartney yeah you know but then so was Lennon but it's they a, actually collaborated on songs I mean they did that a lot of the ones thing. that were released under the name Lennon McCartney were Lennon's or McCartney's but many of them were genuine collabs you know right so uh, it's a different situation from Credence where there was clearly one guy basically doing it all it's like wham <laughs> <laughs> kind of a wham situation kind of a wham except situation. for Andrew what was it Andrew Ridgely Andrew Ridgely Andrew yeah. Ridgely but he didn't do anything he, didn't do but shit. Thing, right? he, didn't he was do basically shit. the and I hate to say this because uh, 
disparagingly. He, he was the Garfunkel. Yeah, he was like the bro. Yeah. But Garfunkel can sing. Yeah, uh, well, Garfunkel, Andrew, mm. Garfunkel was way, way more significant to Simon and Garfunkel than Ridgely was to Wham. For sure. There was a very cruel joke. And Andrew, I hope, never listens to this show. Poor but Andrew. There was a, people used to joke that, you know, Wham's roadies had more impact on their career than Andrew. <laughs> and that's not true. Come on, the guy did vocals. Give me a I break. I mean, he did vocals and it was fine, but there's I mean, no, it was like uh, Hall and Oates. But I mean, George Michael, know. I mean, that vocal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, Andrew Ridgely and George Michael, they wanted it together and George was always going to steal the show and I'm sure Andrew knew that. But Andrew was fine going along for the ride. He made tons of money. But I don't think there was a lot of infighting in Wham. I think Andrew was like, that's cool, dude. Hey, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're making me a career. Right. Well, that's not what happened with the Beatles and CCR. They broke up instead because egos. Ego is the devil. Yep. Egos is bad. Uh, Like, uh, it's not the same thing with like Hall & Oates, for example, because John Oates played guitar and sang harmonies. I don't think he sang any leads that I remember. I think it was just Daryl Hall. I don't think so either. Well, Daryl Hall's voice. And I think they them together too i think so too now uh, i gotta look that now up. i gotta look that up i know daryl hall's you know solo guy and everything and he was the lead singer but i think john oates was pretty significant oh for sure so it wasn't like andrew ridgely or anything well, john he was oates a guitar could player really play guitar yeah he yeah. could play guitar and so i mean i love hall and oates. and i, I unabashedly too. love hall and oates i, I have too. no qualms about that i have no qualms i will loud and proud shout it from the rooftops i want to play even the even everything they do is great every time they come on i'm like yeah and i thought about doing a show or asking just you off the cuff Bands that you always loved and never had a record of for some reason, and that's one. Ooh, I've, that's always, a good I've one. always loved Hall and Oates, and for some reason, I've never had a single of one of their records. Well, but I wonder if part of it is because they're played on the radio so much. Like, I think of that too, and I'm like, you know, I didn't buy a lot of records because they were in constant rotation on the radio. And then I had my little, but this is in the 80s, I had my little cassette recorder, and I just recorded off the radio, so then I didn't right. need to buy it, right? And so of it's course, like, now we have Spotify. And they actually want you to listen to them on there, too. They do. But Hollow Notes were on, con- I mean, they were a hit factory. Oh, my gosh. And uh, that's not to say in a bad way, as in they no. <laughs> got the same product. No, because they were really something. But yeah, I don't think there was any infighting there. But, no, uh, I don't think so either. Or and- in Wham, that's good to know. Or but uh, CCR, okay, CCR. who's after CCR? Fleetwood Mac. Oh, well, I mean, jeez, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You got two ex-couples in a band, and it was like Mick Fleetwood is the only guy who didn't have an axe to grind, in the, or, well, a, a dog in the fight, basically, that we he, know of. He grinded something in Stevie Nicks, so I'm just saying. So they had a little something. Oh, okay. Some point, I didn't know he was involved with any of them. It's just like, okay, the McVees broke up, Buckingham and Nicks broke up, and they're all still singing together songs about each other and shit, you know. Yes, but, of um, all the bands who hate each other, Fleetwood Mac is one group who managed to turn their acrimony into monetary gain, which we know. Yeah. After the band brought on and subsequently fired a few members, most well-known version of the group is Nick's Buckingham, Fleetwood, and the McVee, obviously. McVee's, sorry. Mm-hmm. Came together and recorded hit after hit while hooking up with another, fighting and working on solo projects. Both Lindsay Buckingham and Christy McVee have quit the band and returned at various points during the Mac decades long run while McVie says she was just tired of the road Buckingham's exits have always had more to do with his push and pull with Nick's and in 2018 Buckingham left the band again a split that McVie said had to happen to keep the group on tour that wow. was pretty ugly when that happened they had to lose a significant well lead guitar player significant vocalist and songwriter to keep the band together and they replaced him with three people Wow. That's how significant his contribution is, is they replaced him with three people. They have had some kind of lineup changes. Peter Green, Bob Welch. I mean, it just goes on and on, you know. And they're a hit-making machine. I mean, you know, 
Stevie Nicks obviously is is a solo artist and just wildly successful on her own, but Fleetwood Mac is where it started, you know, and, you know, you can go your own way is definitely the two of them, but you can hear the anger in their voice, you can hear all of the acrimony, but it works and it sells. It's amazing to get up there and, okay, I'm just going to put the emotions aside and this is the song. Never mind what it's about. Never mind. How just tough is that? I don't That's know a, that I, I don't could know do how, it. I don't, yeah, I, I find that uh, impossible to I imagine. I do too. Yeah. I can't, but I guess, you know, if you think of the fans mm-hmm. and you think, you know, how much of their lives they've invested in you and how much they care about the music and how significant the music is to them, then maybe you go out there and you say, I'm doing it for them. And the song takes on a life of its own and right. divorced from the, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> <laughs> divorced from the personal consideration. Exactly. Well, and I think the other thing is, you know, at the end of the day, you still need to make money. So they're still out there making money. So they did it as that kind of core group up until again 2018 when i think they actually fired him pretty ceremoniously uh, they're like Get a, lot out. Of, a lot of significant members have been sacked from bands over the years a lot of them it's like we yeah. just can't stand you anymore and that reminds me you were talking about that and another reason is just the knowledge that no other people but these even though you don't like them are able to bring your songs to life the right. way that you know it's just like that reminds me of another group that i am relatively certain is probably on the list The Who Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey the only time they're ever together is on stage they don't even record together Uh, and I'm not sure why but Roger Daltrey has said nobody can sing Pete's songs like I can not even Pete and Pete must agree because he continues to work with them and they keep coming back and back and back they put out an album in 2019 Yeah. so they're probably on there too but sorry go ahead no no not at all I love the guesses and I love that you're so invested and there are so many it could be but and again, this say, is stuff I never care about, but you can't help but hear it. You can't help but hear it, and it's interesting. And because Valentine's Day is coming up relatively soon, I thought, well, before we get into all the gushy love stuff, let's get into the icky hate stuff. And then we'll go all love, right? It'll be a love fest. No shortage of love songs, I'm sure. <laughs> no. Well, the last band that we're going to talk about today, certainly not the last band with issues, is the Eagles. Oh. <laughs> well, the Eagles are the ultimate Southern California rock band. For every smooth groove and four-part harmony in one of their hits, there's a gripe or disagreement about something from one of the members. Since their first incarnation as the backing band for Linda Ronstadt, now people who didn't know that, it's very interesting, the group has been a collection of testosterone-fueled singer-songwriters who'd rather duke it out than go to therapy. Now, unfortunately, Glenn Fry is no longer around, but let's chat about their relationship a little bit. Well, Glenn Fry and Don Henley more or less held things down as the principal songwriters and singers. They went through guitars like toilet paper. <laughs> things came to a head in 1980 at a show in Long Beach, California, sadly, when Don Felder, the guitarist who stuck around the longest, told Fry on stage, only three more songs till I kick your ass, pal. The band was over after that. When the band got back together for the Hell Freezes Over album and tour, Henley and Frey allegedly formed a separate corporation from the rest of the band in order to handle a retrospective box set, presumably to make sure they could control the royalties. Damn. So down to the last little sputter, they were like, fuck you guys. I remember seeing some late night show thing, and the Eagles were on it, and they were... 
you know, talking about the difficulties of being in a band, and it's like, you know, well, you write a song for the album, and the other guys don't like it, it's like, well, gee, how come you don't like my song? It's got to hurt, and it's nobody's fault if they don't like your song. I love my car. What is it? The Queen Yeah, song? the Queen, yeah, Roger Taylor's I'm in love with my car. It's, it's like, <laughs> you just want your song on the album. <laughs> you just want your song on the album. And uh, the Eagles were talking about that, and, well, you mentioned them on another show, that they do songs just like the record, and it's like, hey, you think that's easy? And it's not. <laughs> it's not. And they would get together and sit a bunch of chairs around in what they call the Circle of Fear, and play the songs really close together. And as Joe Walsh said, just because you wrote them don't mean you can play them. And that's Ooh, true. Doggy, that's and, true. Uh, yeah, they did go through guitarists and uh, so many songwriters and so many vocalists in that band. I mean, Joe Walsh, Randy Meisner, just an incredible group. And I do love the group. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's a shame they didn't get along. The Hell Freezes Over tour, which you saw, you told I me. I did yes. see. It was amazing. Amazing, I'll bet. And that was with Glenn Fry still and every, everybody was back together because that album. Remember they did a couple of new songs like, was it Get Over It? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good stuff. It is really they're, good they're stuff. They're really great live. And I wish I had never seen them, and I, of course, never will, because Glenn Fry is not with us anymore. No. But, yeah, how long was that? It was many, many years. It yeah, was it was. 15 years at least, oh, yeah. or 20 or something. It was a yeah, long time. It was time. a long time. Yeah. And I believe they quipped at the beginning. It's, we never really broke up. We just took a really long hiatus. Well, hell like froze that. over. That's, why, froze they over. That's why they got back together. That's why they got back together. And uh, I will list a few more of the other bands just so that it satisfies the curiosity of you, David, and other Yeah, we won't people. do a lot of commentary on them, but I do want to hear them. Yeah. Simon and Garfunkel. Of course, of course. You were right. The Beach Boys. Oh, oh again, wasn't the really brothers aware of again. that. Yeah, the brothers. Brothers, again, are always going to be a problem. The Kinks. Ah, brothers. Brothers, brothers again, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. Van Halen. Brothers. brothers. <laughs> Only the brothers. It wasn't the brothers that didn't get along there, no, right? It, it was, wasn't the no, brothers. No, it wasn't. Yeah. But a band with brothers. With brothers, yeah. Obviously, infamously, the police mm. hated each other. Still probably don't like each other. Guns and Roses. <laughs> well, any band with Axl Rose in it, you know. The Ramones. Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Kiss. Oh, yes. Oh, Kiss. I, I, I can't believe I didn't mention Kiss. Because yes. Because they're infamous for that. Absolutely. Oasis. I mean, did we even need to say Oasis? Yeah, right. I mean, again, Brothers. New Order had major, major infighting issues as well. The Smashing Pumpkins, as we know, they broke up entirely. Uh, lots of old exiting band members saying horrible things about, you know, Billy Corgan. So those are some of the other ones that were on the list that we like didn't get to. <laughs> oh, my Sorry. God. <laughs> so those are some of the bands whose whole thing is hating each other. But again, amazing music. And sometimes all of that, you know, negativity or that anger comes out to be amazing music. And all of these bands put out incredible music. Yeah. Now, when you first brought up the topic for this episode, I thought you were talking about bands that didn't like other bands. But that would be a pretty short list. I mean, you got your lame-ass feuds. No, there's tons of feuds. There's bands so that it's like many feuds. Eminem and the Insane Clown Posse. There's so many. <laughs> Eminem has a feud with everybody. Everybody, so, yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of really... Faggy too dope and silent hardcore, gay. <laughs> hardcore feuds, and I was going to mention those, but I think we'll save that for another. Yeah, it, it's, it, but it's, there are so many. But this is the infighting, yeah. the infighting in bands that either broke them up, you know, or got them to almost break up or brought us some great music or all of the above. So, yeah, those are just a few because... These little winging it's are supposed to be little short vignettes. I didn't want to get into all 15, but we could have sat here all night talking about these Yeah, bands. Kiss is, I, don't, I can't figure Kiss out. Paul and Gene have never hated each other. 
but they've hated everybody else in the band at one point or another. <laughs> I mean, they hated Peter, they hated Ace, then they got back together and everything was buddy buddy, and then they hated him. I, I don't get it. I mean, that's a love hate thing love, in hate music, thing. apparently. Who knew? And some bands honestly have internal hate just because there's somebody in the band who's a real asshole mm-hmm. who doesn't show up and, you know, is drunk all the time, doesn't show up for rehearsals, and ultimately gets sacked. Like, uh, oh, Ozzy Osbourne, for one. I mean, there right. are a lot of people who've been kicked out of bands because they were just, I mean, you got to be there. I mean, you got to commit, yeah. you know. And, or you have dictators. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if there's yeah, dictators there di- and what should be a democracy, then you're going to have a problem, you know. And if everybody feels like they want to write music and you have two main writers, again, it's going to be a recipe for disaster. See, for a radio show like this, is not like a band. It works totally. You're having you as a dictator. totally works for this show. Oh, <laughs> but for a band, God. it's not the same. <laughs> well, what did I say? You know what? <laughs> Just an acknowledgement. I'm going to go ahead and end the show so I can go kick his ass. <laughs> Isn't that what three more the songs? Eagles? Yeah, three more songs. <laughs> three more minutes. Let's extend this segment over for a long, long time, shall we? You know? Oh, you know what, Christina? Keep it going. Yeah, keep let's it keep going. this going. Tell me about the other bands. Uh, tell me about your feelings. Yeah. Oh, All right, man. I guess we're about done. Yeah, I think we're about done. We've talked about hate quite a bit. You've given some hate off to me, so we're good. It is not a dictator. He is welcome to give his feedback at any time or input. In fact, you know what? I'm thinking here and now, the next winging it will be you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll try to I will try to do the element of surprise this time, which will call for a modicum of preparation, which of course is a frightening thought to me. But uh, it will be interesting to see Christina in the hot seat. In the hot seat, That's yeah. Right. I'm okay, definitely not so gonna do it with such grace. But. We'll do it, and that'll be quite some time from now because we're recording like 18 shows tonight. 18 so, to 20. 18 to 20 shows tonight. Um, <laughs> well. So we better wrap this. We better wrap this gonna, one up. We're going to wrap up this little puppy? In a um, neat little uh, a blanket. I guess blanket. Blanket, blanket yeah. works. I mean, it's a little chilly outside, so blanket seems oh, I can just for. picture that little sweetheart Penelope <laughs> in a little blanket. Oh, oh, there's so many pictures of her in so little blankets. Gl- I'm so glad you posted that on Facebook. I had to. Look, here's I think Penelope. people needed it. People needed it. They you did. know, it's been yeah. a crazy time. And as we know, it's crazy in music and apparently in radio. Who knew until he aired our dirty laundry here so <laughs> now that we're done talking about I, i'm the andrew ridgely of the show here. or are you the yoko i'm <laughs> yeah, not sure i'm the yoko <laughs> well since we've come to the end of this winging it that only leaves of course for you to say let's fly this coop <laughs> This has been Birds of a Feather on Fusion Music Radio.